0: Good morning. This week, it's my privilege to spend time with our PhD students. We're exploring everything we can about teaching and learning. One of the most important elements of being an effective teacher is asking good questions. And really, when you think about it, one of the most important things we do as lifelong learners is ask questions thought-provoking questions, and we keep asking them. Then the last five years, I'm wondering whether the questions I'm asking are really good ones. At least once a week, I ask myself, where did I park my car? (laughs) Thankfully, less often I ponder, Did I put on deodorant today? (laughs) My colleagues in the School of Practical Theology get a little tired of hearing me ask, okay, what am I teaching next semester? Or uh, maybe coming to my dean and saying, oh, wait, you meant that assessment report was due this December? Asking a lot of questions. Students shake their heads. As a matter of fact, it just happened. Um, When I ask for the second time in a month or a week, what, what's the due date for your assignment? <laughs> These questions don't propel me into a deeper realm of understanding and insight. They, they embarrass me, they depress me. And they lead to the final questions, inevitably. What in the world happened to my short-term memory, and should I really be driving a car? <laughs> Now, here's a question the doctor of ministry team has had to help me out with on more than one occasion. What day is it? What day is it? Honestly, I I get so busy the days they run together, and mistaking them one for another, I run right after them. But I'm not quite as embarrassed about asking what day it is. This question has theological potential. This question, I can look at on a different level, and it challenges me to wake up, to pay attention, to be present right here, right now. Centuries ago, the church designed an alternative way to mark time, a way to distinguish the days. You may or may not be familiar with the liturgical calendar, the Christian year, depending on whether or not your church observed it. But it marks seasons according to the life of Christ and the life of the early church. Maybe if you've ever looked in the index in the back of the hymnal, you've noticed one of the biggest categories is Christian year. And in case we're running too fast to read the fine print, They color coded it. Bonus. So, if your church did observe the liturgical year, you might have noticed that things change every once in a while. When it's Lent and Advent, maybe some royal purple shows up. On days like Christmas and Easter, pure white. Then, for Pentecost, a fiery red. So let me ask you, do you know what today is? What is it that we are observing January 28, 2015? What season are we in? Ordinary time. Ordinary time. Who thought that up? <laughs> That's why you have a green parament or banner on the front of the lectern here. And if your pastors uh, wear stoles or if you have worn stoles, you switch to green. Two different seasons out of the year. It's ordinary time. The green represents growth the growth that happened through the ministry of Christ, the growth that happened in the early church, and the growth that happens lifelong in us as we travel with Christ and with each other. Ordinary time. It is by far the longest season of all the others in the liturgical calendar. Are you ready for this? 230 green, ordinary, daily, I can't believe this week is over, oh my goodness, is it really almost February? Days of ordinary time, 230. Perhaps ordinary really is a fitting descriptor for these days. Life is relentlessly daily over and over again. And we are quick to gravitate towards special occasions rather than endure the routineness of our days. I enjoy reading entries from this little book called Children's Letters to God. Fervent wishes, confessions, and confidences from five, six, and seven-year-olds who write to God. And I, I love what Brad writes He's seven years old, and he says this, Dear God, please put a fun holiday between Christmas and Easter. There's nothing good there now. (laughs) I totally get that. You know what's there? Ordinary days. Ordinary time. Interestingly enough, if you look at that index in the back of your hymnal, there are hymns listed under Lent, Advent, Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, nothing under ordinary time. It's very telling. But in living these regular days, we do receive grace upon grace, don't we? Grace upon grace. And we hold meaningful conversations with people we enjoy and respect. No purple or red in sight, yet we still can count on the sunrise every morning. Daily opportunities surface to practice and to offer patience and love and receive them from others in return. So here's a question. How else are we going to grow into the likeness of Christ except to lean into these ordinary days together, acutely aware of their holy potential? God is for us. God is with us. God is in us. Extraordinary news to receive on January 28, or any day for that matter. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.